0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. Come to site now. We've got you covered for the offseason. My latest NFL mock draft, the big board of the top 50 prospects in the 2021 draft, as well as my look at the top 50 free agents and then the best by position. So you can check those out here. We'll break those down for you at some point here on... uh, Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll mix those into our shows here. We also want to plow through our kind of our off-season preview, uh, 2020 season in review uh, series that we've done. We took care of the entire AFC East and NFC East, So if you missed those shows, so we broke down those eight teams. So 25% of the league done, another 75% to go. We'll get to all the teams. So We'll be on top of things that happen here as they come, but yeah, check out the free agent stuff. We'll get deeper into that here as we get closer to the middle of March when the new league year opens, and uh, we'll also pop in if there's any more uh, breaking news, such as the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff trade that needs to be analyzed in fantasy football, we'll uh, do specials for that as well. So we're going to keep bringing it to you here on Lockdown Fantasy Football throughout the off season and... We're going to tackle the AFC North as our next division, so we'll get through that whole division here. The Ravens, uh, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers in order, so that means Baltimore's up, and that'll be the team as the subject of today's show. So let's uh, dive right into it and look at what the Ravens did in 2020 in fantasy football. We start, as we always do, with all the teams at quarterback, Lamar Jackson... Finished number 10 overall in fantasy football scoring, so solid QB1. 22.2 points per game here, and uh, he finished 9 in average points per game. So pretty close here to uh, what he did last year in terms of the consistency, but the number certainly dropped off, and that's going to happen with all the guys. We saw that with uh, Patrick Mahomes from his uh, 50 touchdown year the drop off was there the next year so you're almost certainly not going to get the same quarterback value you did on a really high end producer that uh, has a big cushion over everyone else part of it is that the touchdowns can be up and down here i mean he had 33 combined touchdowns 1,005 rushing yards 2,757 was the passing yardage total there so Definitely good production overall, 33-9, and but it was a year that a lot of uh, quarterbacks put up higher numbers. So not necessarily Lamar, seeing his uh, floor kind of fall a little bit. It was extremely high, ceiling and floor there in 2019 when he won the MVP. But you're going to have a drop-off in general. Lamar struggled through early in the season. The schedule was a little tougher. People defended him and this Ravens offense a little bit better. There was some predictability with the way... They operated then down the stretch. Lamar got really hot. We saw shades of the old Lamar. They figured out the running game, got that going in the right way with the right people, got Marquise Brown involved, and we saw more of Lamar that we saw in 2019, but not as consistently early. He was disappointing. He was a guy that borderline that you could play someone else instead and play the matchups with Lamar. That's how tough it got at some point. But down the stretch, when the Ravens took over, rolled into the playoffs at 11 and five is the Second team there in the AFC North. Couldn't quite catch up to the Steelers. But great finish here to finish ahead of the Browns in the division. So, yeah, Lamar was a big part of that, figuring out the offense. There was a lot of heat on Greg Roman. Why have they diversified? But part of it really was uh, not having the same blocking. Ronnie Stanley had left tackle. That really hurt. And also no receivers to really step up after Marquise Brown. Mark Andrews could disappear in some games as well. Didn't have Nick Boyle in there. He was hurt key part of their offense as well as their second tight end can really help Andrews get open so all kinds of things little things happen there to push Lamar down but that's the thing is again that's why a quarterback is going to go down value They might have a few struggles things may not be as easy for them and things around them could break down and that's what we saw with Lamar Jackson here in a twenty. 20- 20, he's still a fine fantasy football quarterback, wasn't terrible, just wasn't worth investing a first or second round pick. Just like the other quarterbacks, you want to look for the values, and that's looking at 6th, 7th round somewhere there. Realistically, where you didn't have to invest too much, and if you did, and you didn't go to someone like Josh Allen or Kyler Murray, instead, you were disappointed with those overall results with Lamar. So again, you have to temper expectations. Again, quarterbacks production fluctuates from year to year a lot of it is touchdown dependent and system dependent and supporting cast dependent so so many things and uh, lamar was affected but credit to lamar greg roman and this offense that they didn't go too far down here 22.2 is pretty solid anything over 20 in half point ppr formats is pretty darn good at quarterback now let's go to running back here uh, Interesting uh, numbers for sure. Uh, J.K. Dobbins finished his RB21 there, 10.6 points per game. Uh, Yet Gus Edwards finished 35th. Mark Ingram phased out, and he ended up being released here. So Dobbins, 10.6 fantasy points per game. He had uh, 925 yards from scrimmage and 6 TDs, 8, 52, and 5 for Edwards. So a little bit of difference there, 10.6 versus 7.7. In terms of average points, Dobbins 30th, Edwards 47th, and 21 and 35 in terms of total points here for Dobbins and Edwards respectively. So this should be the backfield duo going forward. Justice Hill didn't really get involved as they phased out Ingram either. They kept Hill involved for special teams. But Dobbins and Edwards, this was a very productive, dynamic duo. And Dobbins was starting to see those uh, high carries between 50 and 20 Early, So Dobbins can have an exceptional year. Edwards is a good change of pace. He's a strong back. There's a run-heavy offense. No-nonsense. Gets good chunk yardage. But Dobbins just makes people miss. He's a better red zone finisher. He's a better receiver. So Dobbins does a lot of things really well. Well, Edwards is limited. Good straight-ahead power back. And he might have some value as a flex. And that's what those numbers would suggest. 35th overall scoring. 47th their average points per game. Well, you could Dobbins... I mean, he was only 30th in uh, points per game because he didn't get that consistent work early in the season. He had the two-touchdown game in week one. We thought we were rolling, but it took again until that Ravens final stretch while well, they said, no more Mark Gringer. We need to go with Dobbins, the special back. He's complete. We used a second-round luxury pick on him. Let's go forward. So. And ultimately it led to Ingram's release, which gives us a little bit of clarity. Earlier this season, just bad usage of Dobbins, Edwards, and Ingram by Greg Roman. Again, another thing they adjusted to and were more effective here down the stretch. So Dobbins certainly has a lot of appeal as a high-end RB2 with those numbers. Ed- Edwards is a decent flex option, more in standard leagues, because he's not going to give you a lot of pass catching there. But that disparity should be greater between their production. So Edwards goes down a little bit they're not at zero as receiver he can make some plays but still i would think it more of a standard league rb3 or flex while dobbins really feels like rb2 with a bullet with some rb1 borderline potential here in 2021 so there you have it there with uh the quarterback and running back situations for the ravens transitioning from 2020 to 2021. Our next segment, we'll look at uh, wide receiver, tight end, defense, and kicker. Then we'll close looking at uh, where the Ravens stand with their big numbers, salary cap, free agency, uh, draft picks, and all that good stuff to try to become an improved team, or where they might take some hits this offseason. So we're doing that with every team. So if you missed any of those uh, eight teams we did before from the AFC East and East, check that out. Before we get into our next segment, i got to tell you, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards shows, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just enter that promo code locked on at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to look at uh, what happened to Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews in the Ravens' offense here in 2020. Okay, uh, it's time to uh, continue looking at the Ravens. And uh, we'll get to all their skill positions here. And also look at kicker and defense, where they ended up there in fantasy football. But I have a reminder for you on the network, we're covering everything you need to know about the Ravens here. But what about the rest of the sports? Now the Lockdown Podcast Network, as you've covered there as well with Lockdown Today, it's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. and It's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Lockdown Today Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, so let's look at the Ravens. Marquise Brown, it was rough, 34th in overall scoring, 9.6 fantasy points per game in half-point PPR, 43rd there in the average, so he fell off the wide receiver 3 radar early, he had to make up for the production late, he got in the end zone, got some 100-yard games, was suddenly more involved, kind of after he carped after that Steelers game that a, I'm a playmaker. Use me. Use the first round pick on me. I can make a lot of plays. I can be a complete receiver. I'm just on a deep threat here. Coincidentally, Miles Boykin finished uh, 99th here. Willie Sneed, in terms of average points per game, half point PPR, 6, 85th. So, Sneed and Boykin, it really was a drop off. When Marquise Brown wasn't getting it done, that explains why Lamar didn't have bigger numbers. So, again, yeah, a lot of it was tied with Jackson boosting. When they unleashed Dobbins, they unleashed Brown. Use the the way they should late in the year. Brown got it done in different ways with long touchdowns, being involved. He showed that he could be a little bit more than deep threat that he was in his rookie year. So they got to build on that here. But Marquise should have a better year three. We know that's special for wide receivers in the NFL. So all kinds of thing we we can look at with uh, Marquise. Uh, Hollywood Brown being better and really he needs a number two. He needs a running mate here to really feel good about because Boykin has potential with some speed and some size but hasn't got it done. They've liked the slot with Sneed and uh, they've had Chris Moore and some other guys in there but nothing consistent there with that second receiver and uh, that caught up to them a little bit here in 2020 where that wasn't as big a factor in the production of Jackson through the air in 2019. So long way to go with up but maybe Brown that finishing stretch here makes the Ravens realize he can uh, have a bigger role potentially be a more involved Z or transitioned to X as they get a complementary Z here uh, on the outside when they go 11 personnel. They use a lot of two tight end sets so that might change a little bit but again Brown should be on the field making big plays. They could use that second receiver big target and can go up and get the ball in the red zone and more of a possession type there. We'll see how they work it there. So Really, Mark Andrews is the hybrid wide receiver, tight end, uh, another Oklahoma product. He finished number five in fantasy football scoring at tight end and half-point PPR, 10.1 in terms of average points per game, fourth. So expected where he was, and not too far, but certainly a drop-off. He was a bit touchdown-dependent. He disappeared in some games. Not as consistent here, without Boyle blocking to help as a compliment. But still, you can't complain. It wasn't a great year for tight ends. He had uh, over double digits. Five and four puts him firmly in the tight end one situation. So he's not going anywhere is a key part for Lamar. They got to get him locked up here, just like Marquise. But again, they might add one more receiver here. But Andrew still is going to be a big factor. There. There's no doubt about it. So interesting. 10.1 points per game for him. 9.6 for Brown. So not as far as off as you think between those two. It's just that wide receiver production was a lot higher, and that pushed Brown down when he was below. The double digits while Andrews was pretty high because tight end was really a mess mainly after Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller at the position so so Andrews did underachieve a little bit uh, just in relation to the position it wasn't as bad as Brown so again I think Boyle helps just to have someone in there having that other target is going to help on the outside with some size to help open up the middle of the field here for Andrews so Andrews that has a pretty good high floor for him and I think he can push higher to the ceiling there in 2021. Now let's look at uh, the Ravens defense. They were very strong here. Fourth in fantasy football defense special team scoring 8.9, so not bad. All nearly 9 points per game. They're getting it done with the sacks and takeaways. Good active defense here that they had. And still a lot of playmakers. Pretty good secondary. Pretty decent pass rush. Good scheme involved here. and The the Ravens uh, certainly made it happen. They move on from Earl Thomas, but It seemed like they were liberated, made a lot of big plays on the back end. Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, having them in the secondary certainly helps, as well as having guys like Calais Campbell lead the front here for the pass rush. So, yeah, pretty good year for the Ravens as a defense special team. One, they were an upper echelon team there, and should continue to be that way as they scheme well. Got to figure some things with the pass rush and secondary and free agency, but Ravens, very good playmaking built unit here, and that should continue playing off that very good offense in 2021. Now, Justin Tucker, it was actually a disappointing year for him. He was uh, 8th overall, 8.5 at 10th in uh, yard points per game there. So, 8.5 points per game for Justin Tucker, so a little bit of a drop-off here. Not as big as the previous year. He missed some uh, kicks here through uh, field goals and extra point attempts, so Yeah, so, again, this is why you don't want to jump on a kicker too early. Just get the guy who comes to you. If you're still using kickers, Justin Tucker's solid. He's going to make everything he gets, and he's perfectly fine. You don't have to reach for him. You don't have to pick him early. Just settle in and get him at the end of your draft there in round 17, assuming you're in 12-team league uh, setups there. So, Justin Tucker's solid. Is he spectacular? I mean, there's a lot of good kickers in this league at this point. But, yeah, he's like Money in the Bank continues to be that Way, But again, you can't uh, control his production in relation to others. But in 8.5 points per game, you're looking as close to 10 as possible with your defense special teams and kicker. And certainly Tucker and uh, what you got from the Ravens defense played into that here in 2020. And again, those are going to be consistent entities with high floors, Tucker, defense special teams, and Andrews going into next season. Alright, so that takes care of all the uh, Ravens, uh, kind of uh, where they were at scoring and uh, what we think they can uh, do better or worse there 2021. Again, we want to dive into the Ravens' salary cap, look at what they're looking at uh, free agent-wise, and also uh, their haul of draft picks here coming up. Then our final segment. Before we do that, i got to tell you about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Bilt Bar is even deliciouser with six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sea, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. This goes with their 12 original amazing flavors, including German chocolate, peanut butter, and banana bread. All the bars you get from Bill Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for any health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, a protein bar that truly tastes like a dessert. All the bars you get from Bill Bar are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for anyone on a keto diet. Just think the flavor profile of their cherry Barcia 17 grams protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs packed in one delicious protein bar. And right now, just go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. I can't stress enough. Once you get your first uh, mixed box of Bilt Bar, you want to get more and more of these. And uh, it's great that uh, you can uh, pile on here. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked On for 20% off. We'll be right back here to uh, close the show. Uh, looking at the Ravens uh, offseason season uh, nuts and bolts here for 2021. All right, so uh, we are talking uh, off-season here with this show. Well, the biggest thing of the off-season we know is going to be the 2021 20, NFL Draft. We just had Trevor Lawrence's Pro Day. Well, check out On NFL Draft uh, here on... Uh, the network and join the draft networks trevor sykema and ben solak every weekday on lockdown nfl draft every monday through friday trevor and ben break down everything you need to know about the nfl draft upcoming prospects and more through the draft scouting lens with mock drafts every monday get an early look at which top prospects may be available for your team over at locked on nfl draft subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll definitely get into that a little bit in this show as we look at my mock drafts there for sporting news and uh, break that down so full off season here of shows for you ahead on locked on fantasy football as well as locked on nfl draft all right so let's look at the ravens they have a modest number of uh, millions under the cap here 18 million so in the middle of the pack there, not in a terrible shape here already moved on from mark ingram so they don't really have a lot of cut potentials here uh, marcus peters maybe at corner but they kind of need him. He's key here with uh, Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith, if Smith has more injury issues and all that stuff. So that's uh, something they have to consider. But, again, I don't think it's going to happen. They already moved on from Ingram. Willie Sneed is a free agent, as well as Chris Moore. They took care of Nick Boyle, so he has an extension. He's he's going to be back. They have some offensive line concerns there. Bat uh, Skura is someone they look at. DJ Fluker uh, at... Uh, Their ancillary wide receivers, Des Bryant, was signed last year out of desperation. He's not going to be back, I don't think. He's a free agent. So, again, that's something to look at. Defensively, they got to worry about uh, Matthew Judon and Anik Ngakwe and some concerns there, starting with the edge front. Have some issues at safety as well. Some depth all over on defense they have to be concerned with, so... Yeah, overall, I think the Ravens are in pretty good shape. Uh, They can add to what they're doing here. So they should think about adding a free agent wide receiver. If that player comes to mind here, that can really help here. The top end is Al Robinson, Chris Godwin, and uh, Kenny Galladay. I don't think they're going to go after that level of free agent. There, I just don't think they can quite afford it. And they want to have a little bit of flexibility with what they do going forward. But certainly they should be in attraction playing with Lamar Jackson, playing opposite Marquise Brown, trying to get that consistent number two receiver, and maybe even upgrading in the slot. These are two things that the Ravens really need to do through free agency and the draft this year. They are only sitting on five draft picks, so not a lot of resources in terms of the 18 million under the cap. They have to create some with some cuts potentially. They also have to worry, again, about bringing back offensive lines, switching up wide receiver, getting some defensive help, seeing how they can keep Matthew Judon there to help uh, rush the passers. A lot of concerns there. They're in uh, key spots, but, uh, again, how do they do it? They have five picks. They start with number 27 overall as a playoff team. Number 58 as well in the second... Uh, in the second round, but then it's a drop-off. They only have five picks. They've uh, made some moves here. So number 122, number 152, and number 186 are what they currently hold after the first and second round. So limited resources overall. So you think there's going to be an emphasis somewhere on a wide receiver and an edge rusher for the Ravens and uh, maybe a little bit more offensive line help. They hope Stanley comes back healthy and uh, is a force there up front. They're just, in general, better health here uh, post uh, Marshall Yanda than they were last year after Yanda retired, and that really hurt their offensive line a little bit until it found its groove late with good chemistry down the stretch. Uh, Helped by uh, rallying around uh, having no Ronnie Stanley in their left tackle. So Stanley's a game changer, he's getting him back healthy, maybe making some key signings here, but yeah, we really hope a number two in the slot, maybe both, but at least one of those where you get a dynamic game changer. I looked at Kadarius Tony, he's a wide receiver from Florida, I think he'd be ideal here. Uh, worked with uh, Kyle Trask, and I saw Rashad Bateman work with Tanner Morgan there in Minnesota. Either of those receivers would be pretty good to insert here with Marquise Brown and uh, give Hollywood some help and uh, Lamar a little bit of a legitimate number two there. Again, with Boykin uh, disappointing there as a speedy threat on the outside and no steam, no more. There's certainly a little bit of an opening there to really upgrade, and uh, I like Tony because he's a little versatile playing on the inside-outside and can make some big plays as well, which the Ravens want some field-stretching ability to take advantage of their strong running game and open things up with Hollywood Brown also stretching the field, and Andrews having that capability down the scene. So there you have it. There's a look at your Baltimore Ravens, your 2020 edition, what we just saw and what we think we're going to see here coming up in 2021. So... Yeah, we want to keep tabs on them. They have potential, of course, to be top-flight offense. We want more people involved. We just want more people to produce. So if you are really good about uh, Lamar and Dobbins next year, but Brown and Andrews, pretty solid. Uh, Tucker in the defense. So just want a few more things from the Ravens, and uh, we'll think uh, they can be a more complete fantasy force of team. No team is perfect. They're not going to have options all across the board. And if you have too many wide receivers or tight ends, they're going to cut from one production or the other in the passing game and uh, too many mouths to feed in the backfield. So hopefully they'll streamline, keep it simple. Less guys, but enough guys where they're involved to boost uh, Jackson's value overall behind his own running ability, playing off what Dobbins and Edwards do here in the offense. So thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. As we continue, as we... About it, we'll uh, we'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals on the next show, and then uh, uh, definitely we'll get to the Browns and Steelers by the end of the week. We might have one special show for you this week and uh, potentially uh, look mm-hmm. at some other stuff that's going on around the NFL, but yeah, we want to keep consistent with this, so just find us that uh, whether it's your favorite team we're talking about or just interested to see where you want to go or what you did wrong in terms of drafting for a particular team, that's where we're trying to do and lay out the groundwork. So. Reality meets fantasy a little bit here with these uh, series of shows, but hope you find it informative, entertaining, and educational here. And uh, We certainly do because we want to know where we were to know where we're going, and I feel that's a big thing in fantasy football. Thanks again for listening. This has been uh, Vinny Iyer for Lockdown Fantasy Football. Have a great day. See you tomorrow with a look at the Cincinnati Bengals.